Radio Zoom number 84, April 13th, 2006, I think. Information about artists played on this episode can be found in the show notes at radiozoom.net. From Vancouver, British Columbia, this is the Radio Zoom podcast. Yeah, I'm right. It's the 13th. And it's another edition from rainy, cloudy, kind of dreary Vancouver, British Columbia. Another edition of Radio Zoom rolling out to you. Me being Uncle John, you being the listener, you being the subscriber, the person that I enjoy very much in my life, but not as much as my wife. I will say that for sure. I'm just looking out the window, though, and, uh, yeah, dreary. It was a little cold when I went out running this morning, but I'm not going to complain. Vancouver is the third best city in the world to live in. That was uh, in a news article just last week. Third best place to live in in the world after Zurich and Geneva, Switzerland. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, if it sounds like I'm really prepared for this episode, I'm not. I'm really going to wing it. I've got a few notes here, not a whole lot uh, planned out. I've got some news that we'll, we'll go over. We'll have a little bit of the BC Ferry update. That ongoing saga. As well as a different saga that I'll just touch on briefly. But more so, it's just a really interesting local news story, but it's actually kind of captured the nation. And then also, we'll talk some hockey. And whatever else I can think up of in the next half hour or so by the time I get to that point. But uh, for the most part, we're just going to... I'm just trying to get something out there for you before Easter rolls in, Easter weekend being this weekend. I don't know if you celebrate that, but I know that I do, and we'll be doing some, partaking in some festivities there, and being that especially since Rebecca has tomorrow off from work, tomorrow being Good Friday, it'll be a good day just to kind of lounge around and uh, kind of relax and take things a little slow. So with that spirit in mind... And still kind of having like a little vacation hangover from our little trip over to the Okanagan. Just been totally disconnected. Her and I both. We're going to uh, listen to this song, which is a Vancouver-based artist. And you know what? The more I hear this guy's stuff, the more I like it, the more I dig it. You check it out. Roche Limit. And this is Ray Zoom.
British Columbia, at least. Roche Limit with the song uh, Little Moment, and the album's called White Light. And you can find out more about that guy. I gotta actually look up because I don't have any show notes prepared, but I do have my wonderful browsers uh, or pages all set up here with all the uh, the appropriate pages to the appropriate artists. RocheLimit.ca, and uh, you can get all that uh, wonderful information about this great, really great artist from Vancouver. And this album, White Light, has been out not very long, since the beginning of February, and you can purchase his album online there. You can also find him on MySpace. You can find him on GarageBand.com as well. And, uh, yeah, I dig it. I I really like the way that he structures his music, and it's um, a lot of different influences that... You can kind of check out for yourself and find out more about him, but uh, once you find out where you know some of the music that he listens to, you can definitely hear it in the music that he makes. But it has a very, very particular sound to it that I really dig, and it reminds me a lot of. Uh, it reminds me of being like 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning at uh, at the college radio station where I got my start at, and yeah, kind of has that feeling, kind of nostalgic, I guess. <laughs> Hi, how are you? We're going to take a look a little bit right now at some of the ongoing news headlines that I, I tend to pay attention to. And uh, one of them is going to be old news, one of them is going to be new news in terms of things that I've been covering. Uh, the first one will go right into the uh, the BC Ferry incident. To recap you, if you're a, or you are a recent listener, uh, you can go back to the previous ep- episodes found on RadioZoom.net and uh, get all the information that you need to. But the Queen of the North, which is a ferry, a, a passenger ferry of, of the B- uh, BC Ferry uh, kind of fleet, uh, sunk off of the, the coast of British Columbia. Uh, let's see. I want to say I, I don't have that uh, date right in front of me, but uh, it was a few weeks ago that it, it uh, sank. Like I told you, I'm not entirely prepared for this episode, but go back. That way the people that are subscribed to this, they don't have to hear the story all over again. 
and and you can get all the information there. Now, and also you can get the, the links to the different news stories and you get all up to date. Now, what's going on with the BC ferries, though, uh, is that when this ship sank, service between, uh, let's see, between, uh, gosh, totally not prepared, uh, between Prince Rupert and uh, Port Hardy, yes, Pr- Prince Rupert and Port Hardy, uh, service essentially stopped because there was two boats that were servicing this route. Actually, there were three uh, but one of those is on, or is, or uh, will be coming out of dry dock very soon, and it's supposed to be in the next few days. Uh, in fact, this weekend on the fifteenth, that uh, uh, full service is supposed to resume. However, it uh, really depends on uh, uh, if a ferry can, uh, be, you know, if a, if a replacement can be found for the sunken queen of the north. Now, this uh, is going to entail looking around and seeing what other uh, boats might be available for purchase. Um, and I don't necessarily think that it's going to be a very new vessel, but they're looking for the short term to fill that gap because you're down a boat, and uh, we're, you know, we're not talking essentially just about passengers, but we're also talking about vehicles, and when you're thinking of vehicles, we're thinking also of, uh, well, they call them semis here, obviously, but, uh, you know, semis. This is how you transport goods. Uh, mail, uh, mail trucks that go onto this boat, and then they go up the passage, and then, they, you know, you get mail going back and forth that route. Uh, because you do not have these ferries in service on this particular route, you're not getting the goods and the services that you typically would get in a timely manner. So we're looking, you, you're having um, <clears throat> different barges and different boats that are going into service to kind of limp along this, this route, but at the same time, uh, you also have some things kind of starting to go from uh, the Victoria, actually it's not Victoria, but it's the, um, uh, like the Nanaimo uh, over to the mainland or over, you know, the other ferry terminals that can get over to the mainland and then you're moving things over land. Now, I don't necessarily know if a lot of that's going that route, but if you're crunched for time and it's going to be a matter of days or like it takes about two days to make that trek around uh, on, on, you know, on the ground to get up to that area. But uh, if you have to go that route versus spending a few extra days waiting for these goods to move, uh, you're probably going to go over ground. So, you know, you're you have that time issue, but you also have money issue, uh, people needing the the goods and services that need to get up there. So this is a big deal to these people in this area. And uh, coming up here, uh, they're talking about possibly flying passengers in order to uh, – in between Port Hardy and uh, Prince Rupert. And it's not entirely sure if the uh, the Queen of Prince Rupert, which is the boat that was in dry dock – uh, is going to be able to return uh, to service on April 15th. And at the same time, we still have some issues with the boat that is at the bottom of the of the sea right now. Uh, it's slowly stopping its seepage of diesel fuel into the water. They have, as far as I know, have not done anything to stop that. Uh, but is to say if there's still more down there, it's unknown. Um, and right now, there is no visible signs of the uh, environment immediately be effect- being affected. But, uh, you know, give that time as the diesel seeps into the ground and things like that or washes ashore. You never know what might happen in that uh, in that circumstance. So, um, yeah, it's very, very interesting. 
um, watching this slowly kind of unravel once again in terms of the the outcome that happened because of this this incident. Uh, those new vessels that they are buying, they have approved funds for. It's going to take some time. They got to build them. They got to make them, and they got to bring them up to the standards that BC ferries can actually operate. Not to mention that uh, they have to be able to work with the docks that are currently uh, in operation uh, here in British Columbia. So, a lot of different things that go into uh, getting a boat. You just can't say we got the funds approved. Get a boat. Um, a lot of different things that have to kind of come around, especially. What probably uh, matters the most is that <laughs> you got to make sure that you get the triple O's on board the ferries. Uh, I, I doubt that they, they just build ferries with triple O's put inside of them. For those of you who do not know what triple O's is, it's essentially fast food on the ferry, overpriced. You, you pay a bundle of money to eat food, which is, well, I had a breakfast on, the, on a ferry once, and it was pretty tasty. Uh, it was, of course, very early in the morning, and I was quite tired and groggy, so I don't know. I, I can't really say that I was uh, disappointed by the food, but uh, I've heard other complaints from other locals in the area that the triple O's on the ferries are overpriced, and the food isn't that great. I don't know. Take it for what it is, but if you're ever on a ferry, you'll probably be exposed to the, uh, to the ferry food. Now, the other different issue that our issue or topic or news item that I thought was very interesting, and some of those people that are listening uh, in Canada uh, are going to know this, and I don't know if this got any mention in uh, the American news realm of things. Depends on how well informed you are, but there was this ordeal where Grand, or I'm sorry, Graham McMinn. Uh, where he was kidnapped, and just a, a briefly a brief explanation about it. Graham McMinn is the son of a fairly wealthy individual here in in the Vancouver area. However, uh, wealthy is a sticky term because supposedly this guy is majorly in debt. He's got a like multi million dollar home. It's it's a really layered story. But um, his son was a was kidnapped almost a week ago. By or at gunpoint, uh, he was basically in his car with his girlfriend driving down the street, and two cars blocked in front of him and behind him, stopping him from wherever he could go. And they pulled him out of the car at gunpoint, and they threw him into one of the vehicles that had stopped him, and um, drove off with just Graham McMinn, left his girlfriend basically standing in the middle of the street screaming. But they also took her cell phone, so she didn't have the ability to call authorities right away. So these guys had some sort of uh, really nice planning, I want to say, to all of it. Uh, however, some people are uh, – well, there were reports that there was a group of men. Some, I think, they were, they were saying that they are Asian descent, six to ten individuals that were a part of this kidnapping, a part of this – daring daylight grabbing essentially kidnapping and um so basically over the past week or so there's been this manhunt going on there's been you know uh, a lot of speculation but not a lot of talk going on with the authorities in terms of uh, spreading information to the public uh, they even were running pictures of Graham McMinn in the newspaper front page, but his face was blurred out, or the, the pictures that the authorities were giving out of Graham 
had his face blurred. It was really strange. No talk about ransom. No nothing. It was just he's missing. We're looking for clues. And suddenly uh, these videos started appearing and the family was was starting to say things like, you know, um, you know the number – you know, if you we, we cannot deal with you if you will not contact us and so we can strike a deal or, or something like that. It was really, really sketchy and really kind of weird. Now, all of a sudden, yesterday, in a daring daylight um, rescue attempt, they were able to track him down in a house in Surrey, British Columbia. Now, for some of these people, um, you know, so he was so he was discovered in being in Surrey and he was abducted just outside of the University of British Columbia campus in his nice vehicle. Uh, it's a very very interesting situation and it's it's getting even more crazy cuz now he was he was uh, found in this house and not a lot of details are details are still kind of coming forth, you know, all these news news organizations are slowly getting the details but at the same time uh investigators and police are saying you know telling him not to talk because you know everything's an investigation so you can't really jeopardize the investigation that's going on but this whole thing really kind of captivated the whole city over the period of week a little over a week or so and uh Suddenly, poof, here he is. He looks fine. I've seen some pictures of him. I've got some links here of some different uh, news uh, from the Van- uh, Vancouver Sun and uh, theglobalmail.com. I'll post these links in the, in the in the show notes and you can read a little further back uh, based on some of the stuff that they have linked off of these stories. But he looks fine for being held, uh, being abducted at gunpoint and being held hostage for uh, essentially for a week. Uh, he's pictures of him in this news conference at the uh, Vancouver Police Department and he's just uh he's grateful that his ordeal is over he's um you know he, right here there's a quote where they came and busted through the door and I was pretty excited to see the police that was the best <laughs> like it was so cool the police came in they rescued me man it was awesome it's like there's really like, I was frightened I was scared for my life, I mean, this kid's 23 years old, and I think a computer science major—not the—not the most burly kid around um, in terms of stature. It's very, very, very weird, very, very bizarre. But this is uh, this is news, you know, that's happening around Vancouver. So I don't know. Check the show notes. Check out this story. I'm giving you just kind of the highlights, and I might not have you know, I'm leaving a lot of holes into the details, but uh, just. Something that's just really, really weird about this whole story. Um, you know, he just this other quote, I was kidnapped, he said. It wasn't very fun. No kidding. If I was kidnapped at uh, gunpoint, I wouldn't probably be having very much fun. Not to mention having to change some clothing at the same time. Anyhow, I, uh, we'll run away from this news, and I don't want to get too far in-depth into it because... Uh, it's just I'm not prepared enough to do it, and I want to play more music anyway. And we're playing mostly uh, stuff that's found in the British Columbia area, uh, well, except for one of the songs for today. But this song, this is pertaining to Vancouver. Once again, they are called Tourist. I invite you to check them out, touristband.com. And listen. Radio Zoom.
back What you see is not always what you They are from the Vancouver area. Touristband.com is the website if you want to find out all about them. And uh, you know what? I bet you if I just kind of looked at it really quickly here and look at their bio that's found right online. Yes, thanks to nonstop work ethic and hard-hitting melodic rock songs, just like the one you heard, Vancouver-based tourists have not had, the, had to venture far from home to gain a growing popularity with fans and media alike. So you can go to their website and find all more, all the more you want about them. In fact, the picture on the bio, or I'm sorry, on the press kit, uh, their online, uh, the HTML bio that's on their site, uh, I do believe that looks like they are underneath the Granville Street Bridge. So very much local rock for you from the Vancouver area. Tourist. With the song, let me look again. Well, they call it LRT. Hmm, okay. Oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Oh. Well, okay. The reason that I was kind of flipping out there right now is just because, like I told you in the previous episode that we did some hockey talk and in fact in the last episode with me and Rebecca in the car on the way back from the Okanagan it's playoff run up time and it's just nerve wracking and and nuts and tense and insane last night for those of you who don't know uh, the Vancouver Canucks are just our backs are against the wall that's all there is to say about it and uh, we have no one to blame except for ourselves, really. I mean, there's no no better way to put it than that. But uh, the way it breaks down right now, and let me pull up the complete standings for the Western Conference, because that's all that matters right now, is the Western Conference. We're not even looking at what's going on in the Eastern Conference. But in the Western Conference, there are you have to be in the top eight. And there's 15 teams in the Western Conference, and you have to be in the top eight to make it into the NHL playoffs. And I'm sorry, into the Stanley Stanley Cup playoffs coming up here in just a matter of, we're looking at days now. And uh, we're starting next week. We're going into the playoffs. And uh, six of those spots are clinched. San Jose clinched it last night against the Canucks because they beat them. 
in overtime. It was painful, 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 painful. We went to a place, uh, and uh, I don't know if I want to go to the location because it was a really great place, and I don't want to let everybody else know about it. But anyway, we went there last night and uh, hung out with some friends. Actually, hung out with a guy that's uh, from Toronto and another guy that's uh, more of a Montreal Canadiens fan, and then uh, watched the game. Um, and uh, then there's me and Rebecca who are the Canucks fans, and yeah, it was a pay-per-view game. Like I said, not a big fan of the pay-per-view, and hopefully not a lot of people got to catch it, so that way they didn't have to, or they were spared the heartbreak, but uh, in the overtime, it was tied up, uh, I do believe 3-3, and last night they lost, yeah, it was 3, I'm sorry, it was tied up 4-4, I'm sorry, and in overtime, it was uh, like 34 seconds into overtime. Christian Ernoff's win- game-winning goal came. And, oh, man, it was just like a kick in the gut. It just really just hurt. Uh, the one good thing that comes out of this, though, is that we got a, p- a point last night. You, go, you, you get a point for going into overtime. You don't get two points, though, for, for losing or any points for losing. The winning team gets that, those extra two points. So because... San Jose got three points last night. They were able to clinch their, their berth into the, the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, the other two teams that are in that 7-8 and eight position on, on 7 is Colorado, 8 is Edmonton, and then there's Vancouver at 80. Now, we do like the fact that Detroit beat Edmonton, which keeps us in the running because right now we are um, tied four points uh, with two more games left each. Edmonton has two games left. Vancouver has two games left, and we are sitting at 90 points. I'm sorry, did I say that? I think I said that incorrectly. Edmonton is actually sitting at 91. We're sitting at 90. Colorado's sitting at 94. It's pretty much a safe bet that Colorado's going to be in there. However, tonight we play San Jose again. It's going to be another nail-biter because we have to win these next two games, and Edmonton has to lose a game uh, or, well, doesn't have to, but we'd really like it if Edmonton lost uh, their next game. And, man, it's just getting to be a nail-biter. Last night, actually, yesterday, I was chatting with Dave Olson from uh, the Canucks Outsider, and he couldn't sleep. He was so nervous about this, the game last night. I'm sure he's going to be even more ner- nervous about the game tonight going on that's in San Jose. So we got kind of different things working against us. We have the gut-wrenching loss from last night. We're playing away. And, uh, yeah, we're playing for keeps now. I mean, this is do or die. Uh, if Edmonton wins their next game and we lose tonight, Edmonton clinches and we're, we say goodbye playoffs. That's how tense things are right now. And it was just, man, you, you should have heard the place last night because there were people cheering. People were cheering during the replays, the replays of Alex Ald making these pretty phenomenal saves here and there, except for that one that he didn't get in the overtime. But, anyway... People were cheering at the replays. I mean, it was such a great little atmosphere at this great little pub that we, um, the first time we'd ever been to, and it was a way, way good time. But man, that place emptied out and got quiet really quick as soon as that overtime goal came uh, for San Jose. So, yeah, crunch time. I, I'm just going to leave it at that and not spend too much more time on it, but it kind of gives you an idea of what's going on um, <clears throat> in the world of the Vancouver Canucks and <clears throat> excuse me I'll detail something else that I'm thinking about doing here in the well that's what the next segment's going to be about we'll be talking a little bit um just some random thoughts that I've had uh, while I'm sitting here essentially uh but 
Right now, what I want to do for you is help you learn about hockey a little bit more. Because I forgot that in the last episode that I did, I created this learning hockey with Uncle John piece, and I forgot to run it. So we'll run it now. And, ooh, this is going to be a good one because this is a topic that's going to be really good for you because if you're not a big hockey fan or you're just learning about hockey or you're just thinking, you know, hey, John, you're talking about hockey so much, maybe I should give it a shot. But you know what? I'm still kind of clueless about the game and how it's played. Well, that's why I'm doing this. So here you go. Learning hockey. That's right. Once again, it's time to learn hockey with Uncle John. On this edition, we're going to learn about the rule that I'm most commonly asked about. Icing. In ice hockey, icing occurs when a player shoots the puck both across the red line and the opposing team's goal line without the puck going into the net. When icing occurs, a linesman stops play. Play is resumed with a face-off in the defending zone of the team that committed the infraction. In European professional leagues and most amateur leagues worldwide, play is stopped for icing once the puck crosses the goal line. This is called automatic or no-touch icing. In the NHL and other North American professional leagues, a player other than the goaltender on the opposing team must touch the puck to cause the stoppage of play. If the puck is first touched by the goaltender or a player on the team that iced the puck, icing is washed out or cancelled and play continues. The NHL icing rule can lead to high-speed races for the puck. While an icing call is pending, the linesman raises an arm to indicate that a potential icing call may be made. If the icing is washed out, the official lowers his arm and gives the washed out signal extending both arms sideways from the body at shoulder height. Icing is always washed out in the following situations. The team committing the icing is short-handed, the linesman believes a player on the opposing team could have played the puck before it crossed the goal line, or in the NHL, the linesman deems the icing is a result of an attempted receivable pass. The icing rule was introduced to prevent instances where teams facing a much stronger opponent often resorted to pure defense, simply shooting the puck up the ice every time they gained possession, resulting in an unexciting spectacle. Some teams also adopted this tactic to waste time when they were ahead late in the game, especially if the score was still close. The NHL instituted the icing rule on March 13, 1939. The rule was modified prior to the start of the 2005-2006 NHL season to further discourage the offending team from icing the puck. Players from a team who has iced the puck are not allowed to be substituted off the ice before the next face-off. Teams often would ice the puck to gain a stoppage in play when the team was in need of a line change or substituting its players due to fatigue. In an attempt to speed up gameplay, the NHL adopted this rule hoping the added consequence would reduce the number of icing infractions. Now you know a little more about icing, but I know I'm going to have to explain this again to somebody else. This has been Learning Hockey with Uncle John.
The song was called Sleep With Me, and you can go to their website, comeg.org, and you go to their website, and it's very, very lo-fi. And I really, really dig that about this this group. I mean, no flash animation, no fancy ga- graphics. It's just straight-up information about the band, and that's what I love to get. Not that there's nothing wrong with other you know cool-looking websites, but I just really dig how lo-fi Comeg's website is. And... Um, they have more news up here regarding the uh, the, the f- uh, future of the site, and there's, there's a lot of it here. And this is posted uh, just yesterday, and I want to go into it, but you know what, man? It's going to be – there's a lot here. And uh, so I just invite you to go there, check it out, go to their news section. One thing I will na- uh, mention, though, is that their album, the new album, Savage, will also be appearing on iTunes Worldwide quite soon, where all of the tracks can be downloaded at a small cost. So, very cool stuff. If you're into the whole buying your music on iTunes and things like that, you can do it right there. And, uh, yeah, right there on your computer. Comeg, C-O-M-E-G dot O-R-G. So what I was thinking, I'm sitting here dancing because I'm a little hyper because I just finished off all my coffee here from this morning. And uh, one thing I w- – I'm really flying out without wings right now. Uh, just <laughs> not a lot of preparation going into this episode. So when I was listening to the songs earlier, I, I thought about something that I was thinking about doing. But now I think just in the 
time span of about 20 minutes here. Uh, it's something that's going to actually come to fruition. Every middle of the month or so, so we're talking about the 15th of every month, or right around in there, you can expect from me a, uh, a six-song donut spectacular. That's what I'm calling them. Uh, I don't know why. It's just something that I kind of, you know, picked out and came up with. Um, the the name idea, I guess, is not so original, but that's I'm just going to kind of roll with it, stick with it, and you can expect that in the middle of every month, and it's going to be six songs back-to-back with me kind of going in between a little bit of them, giving you uh, some information about the artists, but that's it. That's what it's going to be. No other yak-yak material other than uh, we're going to be you know just talking strictly music. So you can expect those in the middle of every month. That's just an idea that I've been kind of floating around, but I'm, I'm going to do it. The next episode coming up, well, the 15th is going to be landing on, today's the 13th, uh, it's going to be on Saturday. Maybe I'll try to squeak it out. Mm, excuse me. Maybe I'll try to get that out there this weekend yet. If not, by Monday of next week, six songs. And these songs, he doesn't know it yet, but uh, the Reverend Don Dealey out there in Pittsburgh has been passing me different things that... Uh, Things I should be checking out, things I should maybe be playing in the podcast, and there's enough of them that I can do a six-song Donut Spectacular based on his recommendations. Now, if you ever have any recommendations of things that you want me to play or you want to pick a playlist of the six-song Donut Spectacular, you can always send me an email, resume at gmail.com. These are just ideas that are coming to me right now. So, uh, yeah, we'll just kind of play it along, and if you have any recommendations or input, you can do that. And we can create this little thing, fun, dealy, fun music thing together. It'll be good and fun. And we're going to play another song right now. And the band is from Vancouver. Once again, they are called Holiday. That's a little bit more rock music for you. Check this out. The song's called Fire Away. Radio Zoom.
I told you a little more rocking for you. And uh, you know what? I made a little bit of an error on that one. The band actually is called On Holiday. You can check them out, imonholiday.com. Now, this comes, be- uh, the, the error there is not strictly on my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not strictly on my part. Their ID3 tags from, that I downloaded from the Podsafe Music Network, the, the, the MP3, music.podshow.com, they did not fill them out correctly because you looked in their website and they're called On Holiday, but... If you look at the MP3 or the ID3 tags on the MP3 file, it just they say holiday. So, you know, there there once again is the the ongoing struggle that we have as podcasters to making sure that we get the information out of the music that we like to hear, we like to play, we like to listen because this is Vancouver-based music that I'm discovering and therefore dispersing into the wild and letting you enjoy them a little bit more too. I don't see a problem with that, but you know what? If you want me as an artist, to talk about you, you have to make sure that, uh, or at least uh, promote you. You, it's really, I think, important that you get that information correct. So, correcting myself, but uh, for all of you that check these things out and you listen to podcasts, make sure that you're labeling your stuff correctly, and uh, that way we can tell everybody the right information, the right details, because sometimes they only listen to the first part of it. They don't listen all the way through this part and listen to me yakking on about you. So. I'm on holiday.com. On holiday is the band. Yes. We'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. And, uh, yeah. This is going a little further than I thought it would. A little further being a little longer than I thought it would be. Uh, my apologies in taking it a little long. Hopefully you kind of enjoyed the mind trip. I didn't, like I said, prepare for it very well. But hopefully you enjoyed what we did discuss today. Once again, check out those show notes. RadioZoom at, or sorry, that's the email address, RadioZoom at gmail.com, RadioZoom.net, and you can go check out the show notes for today and get the links to those news stories that we just chit-chatted briefly about. Check out that story about Graham, Mc, or yeah, Graham McMen. It's just really, really weird. The more that this unfolds, it's just bizarre, strange, strange, strange stuff. That's Vancouver. That's British Columbia. Take it as that. So hopefully this finds you well. I gotta go warm up. It's gotten cold in here and it's rainy outside. Time to go snuggle underneath the blanket or something like that. And uh, go Canucks. Beat the Sharks tonight. We'll check you later. Adios. The music on the Radio Zoom podcast is done with artist permission and is pod safe. Visit the show notes for more information. RadioZoom.net.